today I am joined by Dr. Nissen to discuss what it's like being a qualified medical examiner in California. Good morning, Dr. Nissen. Good morning. So let's start off. What is your medical background? Like my training? Yeah. Um, I went to UCSF for medical school mm-hmm. and during medical school, I got some crazy idea to do a pathology fellowship. So I, <laughs> I did that. And then afterwards, I stayed on at UCSF. I did my residency in orthopedic surgery. And then I had the difficult task of going to Lake Tahoe and doing uh-huh. a fellowship in sports and sports trauma. Um, after that, I came out into private practice at St. Luke's Hospital in San Francisco, which is in the mission. Mm-hmm. I did that for a couple of years, and then I opened my own practice, Bay Area Orthopedic Sports Medicine, in 2008, which is, seems like a long time ago right now. <laughs> it sure does. Um, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> and what, what got you kind of interested in orthopedics? Was it just doing the fellowship? No, no. Actually, I, I was interested in pediatrics, you know, because you, you decide when you're a medical student. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I was interested in working with children, and then I somehow got hooked up with Norm Otsuka, who's at UCSF, who's a pediatric orthopedist. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like the perfect meshing of worlds. It was you could, you could work with your hands. You could help, you know, help people who really needed to be helped. the The results were were concrete and immediate. Most most of the decision is in the treatment, mm-hmm. um, and um, and that's where most of the creativity and and autonomy and most of the fun is. And so it just it seemed like you know I'm from a, a working class family, mm-hmm. and it seem like this these are the type of people that you were going to help people who use their bodies and their hands to uh to make a living so sure did it yeah great and then how did that eventually translate into doing workers compensation i think the same i think you know workers compensation is 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 very blue collar mm-hmm. um and so most of the people who are injured are working class folks i don't although i do see some like um you know, managers and administrators, you know, some like CEOs and upper administrators, most of the time it's, you know, people who are driving forklifts and working for UPS and picking grapes. And those are the, those are the people who I really want to help. And I feel I really benefit from the help that you can offer. Definitely. And on that benefit, why in particular did you decide to become a qualified medical examiner? Yeah. So um, kind of a roundabout way. So when I got out of my fellowship, um, one of the partners in the group I joined just encouraged me to do it. And I really didn't know what it was. So I just, mm-hmm. I just took the test. I studied and then took the test and I really didn't use it for a while. Um, and then as I started to do workers comp, I realized I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And so I actually started to doing QMEs so I could understand the process better to help my patients that I was treating. And the more I got into doing the QMEs, the, the, actually, the more I get into it, um, the more I really enjoy working through the QME process and, and that whole arena. And so it kind of just took on legs of its own. Definitely. It seems like um, something where you have to enjoy the process if you're going to do it well. Right, right. Because <laughs> there's a lot not to enjoy. Like, yes. you know, it's a, it's a frustrating system. It's a government system. And so there's a lot of things that don't, don't really make sense, I think, to most people. 
but yep. it's a system we have. And I think the more you understand it and the more you can navigate through it, the more you can help yourself and especially your patients. <clears throat> so on that, what, what were maybe what were or what are some of the biggest challenges you face in doing QME evaluations correctly? Well, I think there's, uh, there's a, there's a lot of different factors, you know, on the patient level, there's a lot of different forces at play when the patient, when a patient is injured at work or has a disability or an impairment. Uh, there's, there's the patient's perspective. There's the insurance perspective. Sometimes you have lawyers that are mixed in and then you have what the state of California allows. So it feels like there's these different forces that are pulling at the same issue from different angles. Um, and so that can be a little bit uh, difficult to tease out, like what, what the facts are and mm-hmm. how to apply which policies or laws um, to which situations. And that actually is some of the fun, but it's also some of the frustration. Definitely. It can be, it can be a little bit uncertain. Like it's not so, you know, you can use any of the four corners of the AMA guidelines to, for mm-hmm. example, to rate somebody or apportionment. It's not cut and dry. And so you have to use your best medical opinion, right. which as you know, being a physician isn't always so certain. You're not always so like, this is the way it has to be. You can, like any person can see it from different perspectives and you have to navigate that um, and, and obviously use your medical judgment. So that can be, you know, it's like anything in medicine. There's a little bit of uncertainty that, that is inherent in, in the process that can feel a little bit um, overwhelming or, or I guess uneasy, you know, can feel uneasy. Um, there's, you know, there's, it's a legal it's a legal system. So there's the depositions and attorneys and there's some secondary gain there. And that, that can get, um, you know, that can get a little bit frustrating at times. Um, but for, and, and it's, it's quite, um, a, it's a, it's a very tedious process. You know, the, the exams are an hour or more. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of charts to review and a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, minutia and repetitive and, and, uh, there's a lot of information to kind of sift through to try to parcel out what's useful and what what is applicable, and so it can it can take quite a bit of time. Definitely, it it seems like the the state requires this objective data to be drawn from a lot of subjective reports from the patient and the attorneys and medical history. And that in itself seems like quite a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's a lot of the challenge of medicine, right? A lot of, a lot of why we treat patients, patients don't come to us and say, you know, I have a tibia fracture, (laughs) come and say, you know, I'm in pain and I can't walk. Mm -hmm. And that right there is very, even that is very subjective, you know? Um, And so that's a, that's a lot of the uncertainty. And I don't think we're ever going to get around that. Um, and so as, if, as long as we can incorporate it and, and know that's what we're dealing with, I think it makes it more, more palatable or more workable, so to speak. Yes. And with that workability, uh, do you find that there's a specific degree of that in doing QME evaluation? Absolutely. Well, you know, the, you know, the, the guides are kind of, you know, a, a a blessing and a curse, you know, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're there to support you and you can point to them and say, well, the guides allow for this. And that's mm-hmm. actually true. 
but the guides aren't very comprehensive. They're not that thorough and they're not necessarily all that applicable all the time. Right. So they may help you, but then they also may hinder you or they just might not work. They might not be applicable or they just don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I guess you have to, that's part of the, I think the art of being a QME is to work within the four corners of the AMA guidelines and what, what's allowed and, and be as creative as you can, but be as, as you want to get it, be as accurate and precise as you can, right? You want to make, mm-hmm. you want it to be an accurate rating and you want it to work out for the patient, for the insurer. You just, you want it to make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't do you any good to kind of go off on a philosophical tangent or get on a soapbox. Um, mm-hmm. when you're, when you're doing these types of things. Yes, I like that, the art of being a QME, because it seems like it so much does require both creativity and critical thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything you'd like to see changed or improved in the QME process, either for doctors or injured workers themselves? Um, yeah, I think there, uh, it would, I think the whole process, I mean, I don't know if it's just the QMEs, I think, um, transparency around, uh, uh, like provision of, of medical care, you know, it yeah. seems like it, there's a very wide, I guess, spectrum of, of cases we see, you know, I'll see cases that come, you know, the patients had surgery a month ago and then someone's already asking for a QME, which is, you know, like too soon, for example, and it gets pushed through. And then we have patients who this case has been going on for 15 years mm. and, and there's this, you know, there you have utilization review is baked in there and, and you have these, you know, peer to peers and you have all these kind of checks and balances but there's not, it, it doesn't feel like there's a real cohesive approach to allocating medical care mm-hmm. or resources that anyone can like point to and say like, this is what we're doing. This is the stage we're at. This is the process. And it's very transparent and we can all look at it and say, okay, this is, this is where the case is. And this is what can be expected. This is, these are the next step. It seems like it, it's really kind of all up in the air. Um, even what, 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 what insurers are paying for or not paying for, you know, Mm -hmm. for example, joint replacements are just on the cusp, you know, recently in the last, I'd say five, 10 years, like they would never get approved. And now insurers are playing, paying for knee replacements or total Mm -hmm. joint replacements, but some of them are, and some of them aren't. And so it depends on the carrier and the, the, some of them are using certain guidelines and others are using different guidelines. And so that type of, um, it seems it's a little scattered, right? It, it, right? There's no cohesion. And so if the system had some cohesion, and that's what they try to do with the AMA, and I don't think you can rubber stamp patients, but if you're going to try to do this system where you are going to have objective findings and you are going to have guidelines, then it feels like then you might want to make them comprehensive and applicable and accurate and meaningful, Mm-hmm. Um, because right now it seems like they've made a step, but they haven't made a, a really thorough step. And so it adds to a lot of the confusion and uncertainty. And I think it adds to a lot of the, the issues we're having with patients kind of toiling in the system for a long period of time, mm-hmm. um, with, with no direction, so to speak. And do you see that change coming from above, like from the state and the state requirements or, being pushed by for the medical community? 
Well, I, I think it would have to be, it'd have to come from the state. I think it's mm-hmm. pushed forward. You know, I think the, the you know, organizations like the COA, mm-hmm. the California Orthopedic Association, they'll push for, for these changes. Okay. Um, but like anything in, in the state, that's a state policy or legislation. Like it just takes like a, it long takes time. a really a long time. And I'm certain that what gets spit out at the end isn't necessarily what was intended at the beginning by the right. time it's, you know, hacked up and, and whatever. And so, there seems to be, you know, and I, maybe that's just the way of the world and it's, mm-hmm. you know, and again, you can't rally against it or get up on a soapbox. You have to say, mm-hmm. well, this is the way it is. Like, what can we do within the system to make it better to get injured workers back to work or get them accurately rated and something that works for employers and for the injured workers? Um, I mean, that's a system that you really want in the end. Yeah. And so for our listeners who are maybe thinking about getting into the QME business, what advice do you have for them? I think to, to do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's that, you know, it's, I always say I came in as a roundabout um, way because I really didn't know what a QME did. You know, I just took the test to be honest with you. I was just out and we didn't do much um, workers comp where I did my residency. It was mainly academic Mm -hmm. and um, you know, just do it and um, get in with a group or some people who have, you can have some mentors, you know, for example, like John Alchemy has just been, a, he's just like a whiz. Yeah. And so it's been really great for me to, you know, I've been a CUME since 2006, but to even now to like hear him and run cases by him and chew on the different aspects of it, you're not going to know it all. You know, you're not going to go in and, you know, have this thing all memorized and the AMA guides licked and you're just going to, you know, go out and do it. It's not the way it works. You know, this is a refinement process and you mm-hmm. kind of take on <clears throat> cases that are a little bit lighter and easier in the one body part. And then you, you kind of just, just roll with it a little bit. And it's, it's like any iterative process. So you're going to make mistakes mm-hmm. as long as you can go back and say, wow, I thought that was the right rating, but it's not, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes depositions are a blessing. You, know, you can learn so much from, you know, someone saying, hey, I'm not seeing it the way you're seeing it. And as long as you can kind of get off the defensive posture and say, right. like, wow, what are you seeing? You can learn a lot. And so so I would say do it and be open to to change and to know that you're going to you're going to get better at it. But you're also going to you're also going to be wrong sometimes and right sometimes. And that's just the way it goes. Yeah, to keep that learner's mind. Right, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a learning mindset versus like like you have to have it all the answers ahead of time and it just it just doesn't work like you know cuz also the process is changing. Mm-hmm. The laws are changing, so it's you're going to everything's going to be in flux. Um so so you got to have to get comfortable with uncertainty. Yes. Okay, well, I'm curious if you have any last uh closing thoughts for our listeners and if not how they can reach you perhaps if they have any questions well you can um you can reach me at i guess just my email which is nissen uh-huh. n-i-s-s-e-n at the letters b is in boy a is in apple o is in ostrich surgery.com uh-huh. and i'm yeah i'm happy to answer any questions or, or provide any support that i can Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today in this great discussion on being a QME. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the California Workers' Comp Report. 
You can follow RateFast on Twitter at RateFast or visit www.rate-fast.com to learn more.